You can prevent tuberculosis by tackling poverty. That's according to researchers in Peru, supported by the British Department for International Development (DFID). They found big reductions in risk factors for TB when they gave small cash loans to people living in poverty to help them put their skills to work and get paid. Carlton Evans from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine told me more about what they've been doing in the Ventania Shanty Town area of Lima. Where we work, poverty is the strongest risk factor for TB. Fortunately, HIV is not such a big problem in Peru. In Peru, poverty is by far the strongest risk factor, identifying the people most likely to get TB and the households where TB is likely to be、uh, disseminated. And、uh, I have the privilege of working with a,、uh, a project funded by the British government, funded by DFID,、uh, called Fighting Poverty to Control Tuberculosis, Fighting Poverty to Control TB. And it's、uh, it's an innovative project trying to harness socio-economic interventions to strengthen TB control. Now, obviously, for TB control, we need、uh, laboratories and pills, and nurses and doctors and so on. That's absolutely essential. We're not trying to replace those; rather, we're trying to supplement them. Instead of saying to、uh, patients, "You must come and get tested," instead of saying to people, "You must take your pills," "You must complete your treatment," we're trying instead to turn the experience of tuberculosis into a positive experience that brings real palpable advantages to the family, along with the disadvantages of their disease. So, what indeed are you trying to do? We're linking tuberculosis care with microcredit. Lending money, micro enterprise, helping people to make money, and health rights promotion, trying to mobilise marginalised, discriminated patients into、uh, an, an active social group, participating in and improving their own care. It sounds really difficult because you're talking about very underprivileged communities, subsisting on a very low level of income. How do you do this? It is difficult, and、uh, some of the interventions that we're working with have needed a lot of modification to work with people living with a double impoverishment and discrimination of, of, of TB. For example, the, the, the traditional village banking strategy, which was so successful it won the Nobel Prize, just just hasn't worked for us in in this setting. We find that personal loans are the only type of economic. Incentive and intervention, which really works with with people living with a recent diagnosis of TB, at least where we work. And and having said that, whilst the village banking principle wasn't very successful, personal unguaranteed loans are proving to be very successful, albeit over a longer time scale than microcredit、uh, programs usually work with. So typically, what do you do to、uh, an individual community or, an, or or a family? There's three main aspects of the project. We go into、uh, to, to meet families who are living with the recent diagnosis of tuberculosis in, in one or more family members and who are being offered treatment by the National Tuberculosis Control Programme. And we visit those families and, and we offer three main interventions. The, the, the first is microcredit and microenterprise, trying to help them to, to tackle the poverty that they're living with, that ultimately is the the root cause of their TB. Uh, secondly, trying to、uh, mobilise and empower them to take part in、uh, civil society activities, to actually participate in rather than simply receiving their care. And thirdly, we actively work with them to help them to access the poverty-fighting and health-promoting options that are available to them. But which tend to be least accessed by the people who need them most, and with those three different types of interventions, we're trying to reduce poverty, improve access to healthcare, and ultimately to reduce the risk of tuberculosis recurrence 
and secondary tuberculosis in other people living in the household. So you give small loans for uh, important uh, business purposes, is that it? Kind of. So they're, they're small loans and they go hand in hand with the help of our multidisciplinary team uh, to try to help people to make use of those loans to generate more income and fight poverty. Just giving the loans alone wouldn't be likely to be very helpful, but the microcredit loans teamed up with the microenterprise training and support enables them to borrow the money and turn it into more money to pay back the loan and improve their, their, their economic situation. So you might give someone who is potentially a mechanic enough money to buy a screwdriver or some tools and and then help him learn how to mend things, is that it? Exactly, and the the training to make the best use of that money uh, and the support to learn a trade and to help to set up micro-enterprise small businesses, small industries, even if they're as simple as just a refrigerator and a a stove to be able to prepare and sell food is is, is key to the success of the programme. And the human rights aspect, the fact that people need to know what their rights are, that's also important then? It's absolutely important because the people, as I mentioned before, who most need tuberculosis diagnosis and treatment are the very people who are most likely to default, the least likely to access that care. And the the, the microcredit and microenterprise work is really the incentive that tends to get people very interested in the project, get people involved in the project. And in reality, the greatest benefit from this program to people and families living with TB is almost certainly the health rights work. So it's the microcredit, microenterprise that gets people involved, and it's really the health rights work which really makes a palpable difference to their lives. Now, these are people who would not be given money by a traditional bank. So how come you're actually doing it? Don't people default on these loans? They do, often, and it's, it's really thanks to DFID, thanks to the uh, Department for International Development, that we have this flexibility, that we're able to lend unguaranteed loans to people who absolutely wouldn't ordinarily um, qualify for them, and furthermore, we're able to wait longer for them to pay them back. That they, they don't stand to lose anything. The incentive for paying back the loan is that after they've paid it back, then automatically they qualify for another loan which is larger. And so there's not the usual punitive fines and interest sort of approach of, uh, of most traditional banking systems. There's rather, than, rather an incentive that if we're able to work with these families to help them to repay the loan, then they automatically qualify for another larger loan. So it's an incentive base rather than, the, rather than a punishment-based system. Now, that's all very well when you've got an outside body providing some finance initially, but would this work commercially as a a model for ordinary business? It depends very much on what value you place upon people's health and survival and what value we place as a community on controlling tuberculosis because tuberculosis anywhere is tuberculosis everywhere. Tuberculosis is an infectious disease. It's transmitted between people through the air. It's unselective in where and how it spreads and increasingly antibiotic-resistant, drug-resistant forms of tuberculosis are threatening the whole global community. So you're right that this isn't the most efficient business model in the world for making money 
but the cost of running a, a subsidized microcredit, microenterprise and health rights program is very low, extremely low, compared with the cost of treating multidrug-resistant tuberculosis and extensively drug-resistant tuberculosis and the cost of having these diseases spreading out of control in our communities. Now, I know that you will eventually have final results, perhaps in a year or, or so, showing whether or not you've made a difference in TB incidents, but do you have some indication now that this really will work and that it really will reduce the risk of getting TB in these communities? It'll be another 18 months or so until we have the initial results concerning actual effects on actual tuberculosis rates. However, what we, what we do know is that uh, this, this program has so far had a strikingly powerful effect upon risk factors for TB. So uh, we've, we've managed to work with families to, to reduce poverty to, to some extent in about a half of the families that we work with, which is pleasing. But the most striking results uh, um, re- refer to access to health care. So astonishingly, uh, in, the, in the areas where we're working, the families that we're working with, over 90% of the children are taking uh, isoniazid preventive therapy to prevent them from catching tuberculosis from their, uh, the other family members who, who have the disease in, in their household, compared with less than, less than a third of children in the, uh, uh, in, in the other nearby areas. Similarly, the great majority of household contacts don't usually actually participate in screening for tuberculosis after someone in their home is diagnosed because of the stigma of TB and because of the costs involved. Again, the rates are over 90% in the, in the families that we're working with. And in the intervention areas where we're working, then almost all of the patients complete their TB treatment in a timely manner. Because that treatment comes with actual benefits to them and socioeconomic interventions to support them to do so, whereas the, uh, uh, the majority of, uh, uh, of, of patients in the absence of these interventions tend to take their treatment over a more protracted period. It's good that they take their treatment, but by spreading it out over a, a long period, by adhering intermittently with the treatment, they put themselves at risk of developing uh, multidrug-resistant tuberculosis. If you like, we're, we're helping them to take the treatment that's being offered to them. So what sort of message would you like communities all over the world to take from the lessons you've been learning in Peru? I think the key message is that we need laboratories and we need pills and we need healthcare facilities and healthcare professionals to diagnose and treat tuberculosis. But we can complete that process much better. We can help people to get diagnosed and we can help people to complete their treatment in a much more timely and successful way if we pair up our biomedical interventions, our tests and our pills and our treatment with what people actually really need, which is the tools to tackle the real day-to-day survival issues, to tackle poverty and discrimination. That was Carlton Evans, who works in Lima, Peru. For Audio News from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, I'm Peter Goodwin.